Today's episode is going to be positive. It's going to leave you feeling better, and it's probably going to make you want to hug your friends and family and tell them that you love them. But first, we have to go a little bit to the dark side. That is just the nature of this. So just bear with me please. Hi, I'm Stephen Casimiro. I am your host. Justin Hausman has the week off. Today is going to be a short one. I'm going to share with you something that I wrote a few years ago. In late September 2014, there were two avalanches in South America that took from us some of the brightest lives in the ski and snowboard world. It left the snow culture reeling including me. And in the wake of that, I wrote uh, a piece that appeared on Adventure Journal. Sometimes I'll think about it. It's been almost 10 years now. Um, Most of the time, not. But uh, a few months ago, somebody reached out to me and told me that um, he had lost his dad about a year before that. And then um, he came upon this essay that I wrote, and um, it really made a difference for him. It, it helped him to kind of move through his grief and, um, I don't know, think about the world in a more optimistic way, I guess. So um, with that in mind, I thought I would go ahead and read this to you all, and um, maybe it will help some of you. I know when I revisit it, it helps me. So, all right, it appeared under the title, Thoughts on Honoring the Dead and the Living. Well, shit. JP and Andreas and Liz, gone. More friends dead. J.P. Claire, Andreas Franson, Liz Daly, killed in two separate avalanches in the same day, same part of the world. They follow Shane and Craig and Doug, and of course, Trevor, some of the best and brightest from the already bright world of snow and mountains, their lights snuffed out far too early. It's not a mystery why. You play with fire, you might get burned. Some extreme skiers live to be old, some don't. Shane, McConkie, that is, used to say there are no injuries in base, by which he meant if you screw up when you're base jumping, you're dead. And he was right. We're not surprised that it can happen. We just are when it does. Out of all of these people, though, the only one whose death on skis really shocked me was Doug. He was so fucking precise, so strong, so in control. The idea that he would lose an edge and slide off a cliff still leaves me uncomprehending. Doug Coombs. Really, Doug. I still don't understand it. But yes, he's gone. I don't have to understand it. He's gone. And so is my dad. And so is... So is my beloved mother-in-law, and so is my dear sweet niece. And so, sorry, (laughs) I wasn't expecting this. So too are many people gone, their passings adding up to far too great a total the older I get. And what's left in all this absence, that aching disbelief, that intellectual struggle to understand that black sense of loss and losing a friend, 
as well as the knowledge that another amazing spirit is gone from the world, taken not just from me, but from everyone. And then let's not forget there's that the existential echoes when this happens, the mortality, it could have been me, it wasn't me, let's hope it isn't for a while. The social media profiles are filling up with all kinds of well-intended condolences. R.I.P. Mountain Brother. Rest in peace? What the fuck? What does that even mean, R.I.P.? Who wants to rest? Rest in peace is just a stupid thing we say because we don't know what else to say because death is the biggest mystery of all next to life and also because it terrifies us and who really wants to talk about that? So we pretend it won't happen to us and we pin our platitudes on these digital bulletin boards and we leave our flowers at the grave as best we can and none of it is adequate, but but that's okay. We want, we need to mark passings to give back in some seemingly meaningful way, even if it's just three little letters that don't amount to much except as a gesture. But those gestures, they're important, and not just for families and friends to see the impact of their beloved ones in some tangible moment, but for us too to know that we did something, that we lit a metaphorical candle for them or whatever, something like that. And then we vow to go on, carrying that person's spirit inside us and trying to let it guide us. I didn't turn to my dad much in life, but in his death, I think of him all the time. And I try regularly to honor his strengths. I work consciously to be more like Lynn, my wife's mother, and how she touched countless people with her love in so many big and little ways wherever she went. And all the time when I'm skiing, I think of Trevor Peterson's ferocity or Doug Coombs' cool strength, and I try to own that as best I can with them inside me. Lots of people will now do the same with JP and Andreas and Liz, to remember and honor them by emulating them. And they should. Two incredible men, one incredible woman, three charismatic spirits have passed from this plane and we owe it to them to live their strengths, to incorporate parts of them into us so that our world is a better place because of it and we are better people too. But it isn't enough. It's something, it's not nothing, but it's too little and it's too late. Last month, my son turned 17, and after dinner over cake, his girlfriend shared with us one of her family traditions, how the family takes turns telling the birthday honoree something they admire, love, or like about the person. They share one thing, and then the next person shares something, and so on, until they've shared one trait for each year. And so we did that. We told him 17 separate qualities that we loved. And though at first embarrassed, he sat there, and he took it with a smile, and by the time we were done, he'd heard not just that we loved him, but some of the many reasons why. The extra thing that I did, though, is tell him not just that I admired, say, his patience, but that I actively tried to copy that patience, that I actively try to be like him, that he is a role model for me, and not in some fuzzy, idealized way, but in a proactive, I'm working on this every day kind of way. It was a small idea maybe, but it felt profoundly important to me. And then the five weeks since his birthday, I found myself acknowledging my friends and family out loud. 
I'm telling them not just that I like their good qualities, but that I'm working to be more like them too. That I don't just think warm thoughts of them, but that I do warm things with them as my guide. We take for granted our time on earth. Even when we don't, we do. We spend our precious moments on trivialities, on contrivances, and we lose sight that far more precious than our dollars are our minutes. I wasn't super close to JP or Andreas or Liz, but JP knew that I admired his incredible vision and Andreas knew how much I respected his intellectual passion for skiing the steeps. I just wish I'd told JP that I liked his photos so much, I actually looked at them before going out and shooting my own, or that I'd said out loud to Andreas that I was working to bring his same level of mindfulness to my own skiing. It's good to honor the dead. It's better to honor the living. It's good to use words. It's better to take action. And really, there's no time to waste. Thank you for listening. Take care.